Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. We are back with you here to record and continue our season preview series. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trevor Lane. Trevor, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Today's my day. It's Lakers Day. Finally, yeah, we're, we're here, day. so I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> but I'm also excited that preseason basketball has started, Keith. We're not talking just about, you know, hypothetically, this team looks good on paper or anything. We can talk about things that are actually going on around the league on the basketball court. So I'm I'm really excited that the uh, the season's finally getting going. Absolutely. And that is true. We, we have things that we've actually seen or in the case of one of our three teams today, the Washington Wizards, we haven't seen anybody because the entire roster is hurt. So but we'll get into that teams today, the Los Angeles Lakers, Washington Wizards in San Antonio Spurs. As a reminder, we are brought to you, as always, by CLNS Media and Lakers Nation, as well as our uh, advertising partners. BetOnline.ag is it's football season. So you can head over there and get all your bets in on football. You can get your NBA bets in as those are starting up and the like, as well as um, you can get a referral bonus to to go in there. We're going to be telling you a little bit more about that in the show, but it's a pretty good deal. So you want to jump on that. So Trevor, are you ready to jump in on the Lakers and get get this team? Talk about the, they didn't do much this summer. I mean, it's brought back almost the whole roster and everything. Yeah, oh, wait, that's not true. They Just only traded it back, for, right? Yeah, that's it. They only <laughs> traded for Anthony Davis and then switched out uh, everybody but LeBron and Kyle Kuzma, it feels like. So. Including the coach. Switched out the coach, too. I mean, <laughs> Including the coach, yep. It is very yeah. much a new team. And, and for a minute there, it looked like maybe the front office, too. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all still around. So so let's get into it. So the guys guys that are uh, coming in on this team, obviously Anthony Davis. Uh, that's the, the, the big one, the big trade package. That's uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and then a bunch of first-round picks go out for Anthony Davis. They also brought in DeMarcus Cousins. We're not going to spend a lot of time on him because he's out for the year. He's not going to play for the Lakers, most likely, barring some miraculous recovery. But they did sign him. And then a host of role players is the best way, I think, to 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 put this. Um, and that doesn't, that's not to demean them because role players are valuable and have roles, and they got some good ones. So they got Danny Green. They got Avery Bradley, Jared Dudley, uh, Quinn Cook. And then Dwight Howard, um, who looks like he's gonna make, gonna make the team, uh, surprisingly back there. Um, and then their, their lone draft pick, the, the guy you spent all the summer league watching or hoping to watch, Alan Horton Tucker. Yep. Um, and then, uh, let's see. And then camp guys are, De- uh, Devontae, I, I think it's Kaysock. Is that how you say it? I believe what I want to say. Kaysock. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see. As I go through it, um, Demetrius Jackson. David Stockton, who's there now after Jordan Caroline got hurt. Right. And then two new two-way players, Costa Santacumpo and Zach Norville. Um, so those are the two-way guys coming in for the Lakers. The guys they lost, it's a whole bunch of guys. Um, but let's let's just cover it was the, the the big ones were the guys that went out in the Davis trade, Ingram, Ball, and Hart. And then they also re-signed JaVale McGee and Rajon Rondo. Who, who are coming back, as well as re-signing Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso. And then they still have that LeBron James guy, too. He's kind of so good. He's still there. Yeah, he, he's all right. He's kind of – I mean, he might play a role yeah. on this year's team. So, so yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of change um, for, for the Lakers. And then just because i got to get a Lakers dig in. They still have Luol Deng's $5 million on the cap, too. So that's They always do. Good. In so, fact, they have that for, what, is it three more seasons now? Three more seasons, three yep, more. through the – 2021-22 season, oh, yep. Damn. Yeah, that'll, that'll be there. So, so yeah, so it's, uh, you know, obviously season of change. Let's start with the big one, Anthony Davis. And what I want to ask you to start it off with, yeah. usually you're the one asking their own questions at me, but I want to ask you, you're the Lakers guy. Did they give up too much for Davis or fair deal? Or what, where do you feel on this? Yeah, no, it was, it was more certainly than I was hoping for. I mean, going into those trade discussions, my big thing, and I've said this many times, I want to see them keep – one of three things, and those three things that I wanted to see them keep, well, I guess four things really, was I wanted to see them keep one of the fourth overall pick, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and or or the duo of Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart. I wanted to see those two kept together. Um, and, and in terms of cap space and everything, it would have worked out to, to do those things. You could have made that happen. Um, it, it didn't go down that way. And it probably I probably would have prioritized Lonzo Ball first on that list. And then gone Ingram and then 
Kuzma Hart and then probably the fourth overall pick. I thought that had those had the most value there. Um, but in terms of what they actually accomplished, they gave up Lonzo, Ingram, Hart, and the four pick, and then kept just Kuzma. So in that regard, a little bit of a of a disappointment there. But I mean, hard to really say. Maybe disappointment's the wrong word because they got Anthony Davis. I mean, this is a top what five six player in the NBA, and at that point, you kind of you do what you have to do in order to get him. Uh, the future picks, the Pelicans were extremely smart in the way they structured these picks so that they uh, project out past when LeBron James will most likely be sailing off into the sunset. Um, so they got, 2045 or so. It's 2045. <laughs> yeah, he is a cyborg. So, um, so yeah, somewhere around there they'll get those picks. They also have a pick swap in there, and they have, I believe it is the 2024 pick that they have the right to defer. So if the Lakers are particularly good that season – and say it's the you know 25th overall pick, they could say, no, we don't want that. We'll wait until next year, until 2025, and then get it. So there's a ton of things built in here. I thought the Pelicans got a, a lot here for Anthony Davis, probably more than I was expecting. But from the Lakers side, it's not like I'm, I'm looking at this going, oh man, I'm so disappointed. Why did they do this trade? You got a, a generational talent. So uh, can't be too disappointed there. Yeah, when I, when I think about it, I always think if you're a team like the Lakers, the goal is to win a championship now. Mm-hmm. If if that can manifest itself and win a championship now and then win a championship next year and the year after and the year after that through developing their own players and the like, that's great. But the reality is it is you win a championship right now and then you handle the future as the future comes. There, there's only a handful of franchises that can really – afford to live that way and it's it's kind of the the typical nba royalty franchises that they think of like that so you know and the lakers are obviously clearly in there so i have no problem with what they gave up you know when you have a chance to go get anthony davis you go get it done because the pelicans it it became clear they were gonna trade him and it was gonna be they're gonna trade him and there were no shortage of suitors who were willing to give up a whole lot of stuff to get Anthony Davis. So I think that is, you know, also needs to be factored in here. And then when you have the reality is now thankfully he's healthy and back, but Brandon Ingram was a big unknown. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what his situation was gonna be. Lonzo Ball coming off a you know really lost season due to injury. And then Josh Hart, who who we all like as a good role player, and then obviously all the picks and the like with that. So so yeah, so AD's there so far in the preseason. He looks great, you know, as as you know was to be expected. I'm kind of on record saying I think there is a good chance if LeBron doesn't go get the MVP for himself, he's going to do everything he can to make sure Davis gets it. So I think you know those two guys should be way way up in the MVP list. Um, you know, I do think they're probably going to be pretty aggressive with uh, uh, load management. Mm-hmm. I almost said resting, but load management. Um, let's be, be clear on what the NBA likes it to be called as right. I punch my microphone out of anger <laughs> about load management. Um, <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, because I think the Lakers are, it's the playoffs is what it's important for them. They, they, they're veteran-laden roster. They know they, barring, you know, a complete disaster, they're a playoff team. And, you know, so it's seed. Uh, I mean, it matters, but I don't think it's going to be huge as long as they're not like the eighth seed and they, they're, there's no reason they should be with that. So so Anthony Davis, we know he's great. We know LeBron James mm-hmm. is great. I want to spend time on the other guys because I think that's, that's what's going to matter, right? If Davis and LeBron will get them to the playoffs. The other guys is what's going to matter if they, they can win. So the I know we, we talked about this in Las Vegas. All these contracts, so Caldwell Pope, Rondo, McGee, Bradley, all have player options, which inherently gives them all the right to block a trade right. if need be. A lot of those salaries are set up so they look like they're really good tradable numbers. You could combine you know two, three of those together and go get a really helpful piece. Maybe a guy like Andre Iguodala if you need to, somebody like that. But because of the player option on the second year – that, that allows those guys to block the trade, just the education portion of the show. Any player who has any form of bird rights, whether it be early bird or uh, full bird rights, that's on playing on what is essentially a one-year deal because there's an option at the end, has the right to block a trade. They, they get an inherent no-trade clause. So so that's, you know, I know Lakers fans are familiar because that's come up with right. uh, KCP for, what, the two years in a row now, I believe, with, with him. So, but, but what, do, what do you think? How do you feel they did filling out the rest of the roster around James and Davis because there was a lot of lot of holes to fill. Well, I mean, they they wanted Kawhi. That was the that was the clear thing. They wanted to go get Kawhi and create what could be could have been arguably the most talented big three, at least on paper, 
ever, yeah. ever assembled. I mean, it would have been certainly up there. Um, unfortunately, Kawhi uh, made the wrong decision and went somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I thought they did pretty well given the circumstances. You know, when by the time they were able to hit the free agent market, by the time Kawhi made his decision, which wasn't out of – people were panicking, like freaking out, going, well, why is Kawhi taking so long? He wasn't. He wasn't taking any longer than any normal free agent would. It's just yep. this year's free agency went warp speed. Um, and, and guys were flying off the board even before free agency started. And that's something yeah, that, right. that the NBA is going to be addressing. But um, given where they were and given what the, the pool looked like of free agents available, I think they did just fine. You know, the the DeMarcus Cousins signing I thought was was incredible. I thought it was a great – I mean, $3.5 million for a guy like Cousins who would put up, what, 16 and 8 last season yep. with the Golden State Warriors. It was a great signing. And then, unfortunately, it didn't go their way. He, to- he tore his ACL like that. That kind of thing happens, but the signing itself was was incredible. I thought it was a great, great value for what you could have potentially been getting with a, a floor-spacing big there. Uh, Danny Green, they pretty much had to have Danny Green. He was the best two-way wing available and the best uh, prospective fit alongside a guy like AD and a, alongside a, uh, LeBron James in the fact that he can you know play D and, and shoot the three ball. So you needed guys who could do those things. So... I thought they did pretty well rounding it out. I'm a little bit worried about the the wing positions. I feel like they're a little bit thin there unless Kyle Kuzma suddenly shows an improved ability to defend small forwards. I'm a little bit concerned about some of the higher scoring wings in the NBA. Guys like Kawhi and Paul George, Jimmy Butler, players like that. I feel like they don't have that solid wing defender. Maybe they go wind up getting let, under let me ask at a, some point. Let, yeah. let me ask you a question because is that – is that more a concern for you in the regular season or the playoffs? Playoffs. It, okay. Really? See, because in the playoffs, I think that's where you can ask LeBron to lock in with Danny Green. Yeah. In between the two, you, you've got 48 minutes of really good wing defense. Because, you know, let's just, this isn't really even a criticism. It's just a fact. LeBron's not going to kill himself on the defensive end for 82 games no. in their regular season. It's just not, not the, the superstars just don't do that. Sure. You know, and Kawhi doesn't even do that anymore. He's just that much better than everybody else on that end that it just looks great. But, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's one of those things where, you know, I think, I think we're going to, let's fast forward to April. I think we're all like, I don't know how the Lakers are going to be defensively because they're, you know, 15th in the league or whatever it is. And, you know, and they're not defending wings very good. And then we're going to get two rounds into the playoffs and we're going to be like, actually, they're okay because LeBron and, and Danny Green and, Edition X because they'll add somebody at some point. Oh, um, you know those guys got to cover that. That's just that's just my thoughts. So yeah, you know, it's, I was just kind of yes. It's it's nitpicking a little bit, but uh, you know we saw it a little bit in the, their game against the Nets the other day, the preseason game where the bigger wings, especially with Kuzma and Jared Dudley out, the guys like uh, Zan and Musa, and, um, Rodi Kuruks, players like that that were um, that were shooting from outside, and just the Lakers had smaller defenders on them, guys like KCP, guys like Avery Bradley who are are solid defenders in their own right but tough to defend a guy who's six foot eight six foot nine so again yeah kuzma coming back could make a, a big big difference there but overall yeah, do, I'm pretty pleased with the way they rounded this out i i wonder with kuzma i just there's times when i think we so he's a guy i'm gonna kick, give the comp of almost like jason tatum here where they came in so good that all of a sudden we almost make this assumption that the rest of their game is going to round out too. Right. And, and, and there's times when that's, that's not going to happen. And, and it's fine if Kuzma is what he is today and there'll be improvement. He'll probably get more efficient. He'll probably become a yeah. slightly better rebounder and the like. And, and I do you think you could see his numbers really explode because he's playing off. You know, he's going to be the third guy at best in most of those lineups that, that the defenses are going to worry about. But I think it is important to, just to make the assumption of, well, he'll get better defensively, maybe, but some guys don't, you know, and if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world because, you know, he, he is, you know, he's more than good enough offensively to car, carve out a role in the league. I, the spot that worries me is point guard. Yeah. For this team. And now this is where people, they already said LeBron's going to play point guard. LeBron's not going to play point guard. He's just going to be the primary playmaker. Yeah. So let's just call, call it what it is. Now that allows them to not have to play a traditional point guard, which is we can get into why in the world is Rajon Rondo getting so many minutes. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see your thoughts on that because you could play a Bradley. You could play a KCP. You could, I think if you played KCP and Green together, that's all some of that wing defense. It really mm-hmm. makes you very switchable. Yep. It allows you to do a lot of different things there. But I think it is becomes 
My question is, on those nights when you are going against the Kyrie Irvings, the Russell Westbrooks, the uh, Kemba Walkers, the uh, forget Damian Lillards, I'm going to forget you know, some of the really good point guards in the league, who's going to defend that guy? That, that's my question. Are you going to have to make it be Avery Bradley? Is it going to have to be Caldwell Pope? Maybe Rondo can do that a little bit, but I think at this point, though, his uh, defensive uh, days are, are kind of past him now. So that that's probably my single biggest worry. Would, would this team, along with, I'm a little bit worried about the big man depth, just because if AD wants to play really solely at the four, and he'll obviously play the five in the meaningful minutes each mm-hmm. game, I am a little bit worried because Howard and McGee, Okay, it's it's not it's not bad, but you know Dwight Howard hasn't stayed healthy in about three seasons, so when he misses time, like what is that all going to look like? Sure, yeah, I mean, and that's all that's all fair. And uh, look, even you know Captain America Alex Caruso is a is a solid <laughs> is a solid defender as well. He can do things there um, on that end. So it's that's the big question right now: who is going to fill into that starting role? We saw Frank Vogel in the first preseason game turn to Avery Bradley, and he did pretty well against Steph Curry. He only played about 14 minutes. Bradley then I up. left Steph Curry of all the guys yeah. on the <laughs> list of guys. I forgot that one. What an idiot. It's a, hey, there's plenty <laughs> of good guards in the NBA yeah. right now. We will forgive you on that one, Keith. Uh, <laughs> you know that you've got guys like uh, like Rondo who stepped in and actually has been shooting the three fairly well, but again, defensively, still yep. not good. Quinn Cook, not a good defender. In fact, Quinn Cook yep. and, and Rondo were two of the worst defensive guards in the league. So to your point, you need somebody who can step in to defend. So you're probably looking at either Caruso, Avery Bradley, or uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. And you can kind of, you know, pick your poison there between them. They they all have their own pluses and minuses. Um, it's kind of similar to what I, I'm imagining the center position turning into, which is just keeping it extremely simple. Look, these are the things we need you to do and do well. We need you to, do for the point guard position, find somebody who can defend, Find somebody who can who can shoot, shoot some threes. We're not going to put the playmaking burden on you. That's going to be LeBron's job. All you have to do is do those two things. Focus on that only, and and that's it. And just like with yeah. the center spot, hey, look, Dwight and Javale, we're not asking you to shoot jumpers from outside. We're not asking you to do a whole lot of other things. Just set hard screens, sit in the dunker position, and feast as teams focus on LeBron James. He'll drop off little passes to you. Same thing with Anthony Davis hit the glass hard, do that. So I think in that way, yes, there's a, a lack of perhaps skill at each end. Maybe you've donated, you don't have the top, top level talent underneath the basket at the five. You don't have the top talent up top at the one, but they can mitigate that somewhat by keeping those roles very, very simple. You think well, what's interesting enough is at both of those two positions, right? The, the two opposite ends, you really just need them to rebound and play defense yep. for the bigs and then the guards just to, to play defense and then, you know, hit open jumpers, that's if, it. you know, if given the opportunity and that's, you know, that now that's easier said than done, of course, but, Definitely. but you're, you, you hit on it there. Just make it simple for those guys. Cause you've got the guys, you know, LeBron and AD are going to be the guys who make, who make plays them. You know, on the, I think it has the potential to get a little ugly on those nights when LeBron sits out. Yes. I think you, you know, it might be, it. you know, I'm kind of, I'll be curious to see how they, they approach that do they if it's the you know second night of a back-to-back in houston and i don't i haven't looked at the schedule so i don't know if that's a real thing or is it a you know fourth and fourth game or third game and four nights in houston do you just say we're this might not go our way anyway let's just sit lebron out right. we'll just if we lose by 30 we lose by 30 because it doesn't matter if you lose by one or 30 it all counts the same but i think that's where it'll be i'm curious to see how they do it because i think the assumption tends to be a lot of times of, well, you sit LeBron out at home when you're playing the Grizzlies because right. that's a game you can win without him. And I think that's I think teams tend to more they'll throw games away that ah, we we might lose this one anyway. It's schedule loss as it is. So that's that's going to be something I think that's going to be one of Vogel's biggest challenges mm-hmm. is building a plan that allows for these things. And then obviously you're going to have to be flexible to it and adjust as you go with that. I want to talk about Dwight Howard for a minute. Yeah. Because I was on record when it came out. These are the guys that are auditioning. They, I, and I still believe they should have signed Joe Kim Noah. I think he would have made a heck of a lot more sense than Howard. And it's also at that point, I was like, there's no way this guy's going back to the Lakers. Everybody hates him there. Like that's not going to happen. And granted, it's all new people from when he was there before in the organization. But, you know, I just didn't see it. Now, if even 
bad Dwight Howard, if you will, bad is Dwight. still one of the is still one of the best rebounders in the NBA. Yeah, you know this guy can still you know clear the glass. He, he does. He's not that force offensively anymore. And as long as he recognizes that and isn't demanding post touches and all this other nonsense or being the you know primary option as on a pick and roll, then like that that's you know that's not going to go well. And I and I think hopefully he's smart enough to realize now there. And I think the other thing is what's really important to note is one they he's on a summer contract right now yep. so fully he's not even really on the real roster yet because that that contract doesn't become guaranteed unless he quote-unquote makes the team so that's already you know interesting one there because the lakers gave themselves the full out if if he shows up in two weeks in to camp in preseason he stinks we're we're out we're just going to move on but i think it's also it's so little money it's only 1.6 million that they're on the hook for and on the cap sheet they'll just move on from him if 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 it's not working out and they'll go to whatever the next next option is but what do you think they're going to get out of howard are you have you come around because i don't think you were really thinking he was the guy to go with either right no i didn't and there's a there's a few things i was like you i was more leaning towards noah um but there's a few things here that um have got me at least a little bit optimistic first of all in terms of motivation i mean dwight had a fully guaranteed contract with the memphis grizzlies even yep. he wasn't going to play for them he, he was going to get that 5.5 million dollars and he has uh, voluntarily taken 2.6 million of that and made that non-guaranteed made it so he may not get them i mean to put money that's in your pocket basically that is that is coming to you set in stone unless you go do something absolutely crazy right you're getting that yeah. money and to turn it into money that is very much in question voluntarily tells me that dwight is, is extremely motivated to prove himself here with the Lakers. I mean, risking that, yes, Dwight's made a lot of money over his career, but $2.6 million is still a lot of money to anybody. Um, so that's a, that speaks to me. That says that this is a guy who is going to be as locked in as he can be. Now, does it stay that way in January? Does it stay that way? You know, in December, when the, the season starts getting long and you're on the second night of a back to back, does do some issues start cropping up? Maybe so far he's said and done all the right things, but he has said and done all the right things in the past too. And then things still turn south. Um, from seeing him play, I can say that he's, uh, I mean, he's in shape, man. He is, he is chiseled. He looks like, um, Rocky Four Rambo, you know, when he's going to fight, <laughs> fight Ivan Drago, like he's in that kind of shape. Uh, but it hasn't really resulted in a whole lot of explosiveness. That's definitely declined. I know we've seen age yeah. 33 Dwight. And, uh, but on the flip side, what that I've, the thing that I've been really pleased with is he's been more focused on doing the little things right, setting the screens in the right spot, boxing out the things that he could get away with not doing in the past. It seems like he's been a lot more diligent about making sure that he does. And that's out of necessity again, as his athleticism wanes. So uh, I'm optimistic that it can work out, but again, still cautiously so because it's Dwight Howard and he does have a history. And so we're always going to kind of have that in the back of our minds. Yeah, I think the little things too, as you mentioned with the screens, I noticed in the scrimmage clips that have come out as well as in the um, couple of preseasons here, he has – He's holding those screens versus mm -hmm. Dwight. I mean, I, all the way back to his days in Orlando when this guy was, you know, first team All NBA center. He loves to slip the screen because he he's always he always wants, he wants the law. But yeah. I've noticed whether it's because he's just slower now and it's naturally happened that he's holding these screens more, or he realizes like I gotta you know, set a screen. And I remember Stan Van Gundy would be so frustrated here in Orlando because he's like, this guy's massive. He should be one of the best screen setters in the entire yep. league, but he's just not because he doesn't really want to set them. He wants to kind of get sort of in the way, slip it and get, get to the rim for right. a pass. So, you know, it's uh it is, it is interesting to, to see what that. All right, let, let's get into the starting lineup yeah. conversation because I think that's the logical place to go here next in the rotation and let's i know kyle kuzma may not be ready right off the start of the season he's right. still out still recovering but let, let's talk it when he's in there because because for me that doesn't make a difference i think he's coming off the bench no matter what i just can't see a way to get him in the starting five um yeah. so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with uh Dwight howard is the starting center because I think they're just going to mix the two of them okay. um, in and out. But, but I'll, I'll, I'll be fair to it. I'll pick one. I'm going to say it's JaVale McGee, yeah. at least to start the year. So I'm going to go McGee, Davis, LeBron, Danny Green, and then I think it's going to be Rajon Rondo initially, but I think that ends pretty quickly, and they go to whoever's playing better, better out of 
man, the Boston accent came out better <laughs> out of KCP or Avery Bradley. Um, okay. I think think they'll they'll switch that spot out pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll say that through the first couple of preseason games, JaVale McGee has clearly been the better center between him and, and Dwight Howard. So I'm going to yeah. agree with you there. JaVale, Anthony Davis, LeBron, clearly. Danny Green, obviously, you're not paying him $15 million to sit on the, on the bench there and not start. Yeah. Uh, the big question is that starting point guard spot. Um, I know a lot of Lakers fans out there are keeping their fingers crossed and hoping it's not Rondo. Um it's kind of weird. Rondo's super polarizing, though. There's like this weird subset of Lakers fans that just loves Rondo and wants to and says he's the key and you have to have him on the floor. I think you're better off staggering LeBron and Rondo. I, I don't think yeah. having them on the floor together is a great idea. So, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead. I mean, between Caruso and Avery Bradley, Frank Vogel, defense first head coach. I'm gonna go with Avery Bradley. Um, KCP could certainly make uh, make a run for this as well. It's so up in the air right now, though. It's it's anybody's guess. I, I'm going to throw Avery Bradley out there, but it, I, I don't have any confidence that that's actually where it settles. Yeah, and I think that's what I think it'll ultimately be. I think Rondo may get the the nod just because it's so hard for a coach to not put a true point guard on the floor, and that 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 is, that's a very difficult thing mm-hmm. for for a coach to do. So I just don't know if Vogel's going to be ready to to do that right off the the bat. But but yeah, so I think and, and I'm with you. I think you want to separate Rondo and LeBron because they're they're the two best off the dribble playmakers on the roster, right. and it's pr- pretty pretty wide margin too. Um, at this point, the third best guy might. He probably is Anthony Davis. Probably. If I think about it, maybe Caruso, you know, maybe mix in there because he's, he's getting better on on in that part of his game. But I think, yeah, I think then eventually it transitions to to the lineup you said, and then Rondo and Kuzma are the guys who are you. They're the base of your second unit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Rondo making plays. Kuzma becomes a, the the primary score you go to. So let's go to probably more important the closing lineup. Because I think that's you know where it really gets interesting right. in, in a game. So I think that's where you AD has to go to the five. There, then I think you've got AD. That's where I think Kuzma's on the floor. I think wait, LeBron, wait, who goes to the five? AD. AD. Okay, AD goes yeah. to the five. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. you said Iggy yeah. for a second there. I, oh no, no. Well, my I bad. Mean, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe someday. Hey, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe they'll get him. We'll see. Hey, yeah. let's call it Memphis. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, Anthony Davis at the five. Got Kuzma it. at the four. Yeah. LeBron. You know. Then then the rest is LeBron Green and I think whoever's playing best. Yes. Is the way I'll put it. There. If if Caruso's having a good night, if Caldwell Pope's having a good night, Bradley's having a good night. Doesn't matter. I think it'll be one of those guys. I don't think it'll be Rondo very regularly. You don't need him for his playmaking in that group. And then I think the other piece is you won't need him. You obviously no one ever needs Rondo on the floor for a shooting. So I think they that 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 would be my guess. And then maybe if the other team's super big, maybe Howard or or um or uh McGee. McGee works works in there and well we'll see so yeah yep agree with that with that assessment 100 think that's the closing lineup and we've seen it frank vogel's already been playing around with that to end halves in preseason where ad uh anthony davis slides to that center spot and then you have to imagine that's going to be kyle kuzma coming in there with that group so yeah i think that's the way that they finish out games and, and i think it's important always too. everybody always says well he doesn't want to play the five he doesn't want to start at center and he do the main and all those exactly. That's a you know because being a center in the NBA is tough because you're the one who's you're you're taking the hits mm-hmm. on screens a lot of you know you're you're doing a lot of different stuff inside and around the paint. But the last two three minutes five minutes of each half, that's that's it's a different different story different game there and that's where it'll be important. It, as an aside, I think it's it's almost made easier on Vogel because. Cousins isn't in the mix because you know Cousins would want to be out there at the end of games. And then that gets kind of tough. Cousins, Davis, Kuzma, LeBron, like that's, that all gets a little messy. So, you know, I'm kind of, kind of curious to see, you know, how that all, uh, ultimately goes down with, with that. So we'll, we'll see, um, you know, where, where that one all goes, um, with those guys. And I think, um, you know, from there, we want to get into the over-unders. Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. So last year, Lakers lost or won. 37 games so not completely surprising they they really kind of shut it down mm-hmm. uh for for a big point in, in the season and you know prioritized draft position and and all that sort of stuff at the end but over under 50.5 so pre- pretty 
big number out there. Not not the biggest one on the board, but it's it's up there. It's you know in the in the upper third. I I'll, I'll say right right away. I'm just working through all my official like win totals and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and I have them just over this um, because I think and it's not. I think they will be when you look at them when when. As a whole, you're going to look at it and say they're better than that. They're probably closer to a 54 win team, 55 win team. But I've got them at 51 because I think they're just going to toss away a handful of games in the year. Because again, it's not, this is not winning a bunch of games, winning 58, 59, 60 regular season games. That's not what it's about for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was my take 100%. I was going to say over, but just slightly over because there's going to be a solid amount of load management games thrown in. So yeah, hit the nail on the head there, Keith. Yeah, perfect. And then um, as far as uh, ways they can improve the roster going forward, I, I keep forgetting to to talk about that. But they're out of um, out of everything. They do have a disabled player exception mm-hmm. for Demarcus Cousins, one point seven five million, half of his salary. Um, they're not going to use that to sign anybody right now because that is lower than the value of a veteran minimum contract. That'll come into play if they use it to sign someone in buyout season, which is that that exception is good until March 10th. You can use it to sign a player to a one-year contract, claim a player on waivers. That's going to be really difficult, almost impossible to pull off or trade for a player again, really difficult because it's just too, too small of an amount. So what they'll do is rather than give someone a prorated, um, amount, cause this exception does not prorate down. It stays at the full 1.75. So rather than give someone a prorated minimum, which will be, you know, 1.3 ish million at that time, what they'll be able to do is give them the full 1.75 and go with that. Cause I do expect that to be like every good team. They'll be active in the bio market. So, all right. Thumbs up, thumbs down time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go first. It's your team. I'll go, I'll go thumbs up. I mean, it would be thumbs way up if they landed, landed Kawhi. But again, I, I thought they pivoted pretty well. It's been a, a bit of a messy off season. There's been some highs and lows. It's been a roller coaster. Thank you, Magic. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's been some, some issues. Uh, certainly, you know, it's not like it's a clear A plus off season or anything like that. You got the coaching hire too that, you know, that got pretty bumpy for a while there. But overall, you take a step back and you look at what they've got on their squad right now. I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give him a thumbs up. Yeah, if they get Kawhi, it would have been thumbs way up here somewhere, yeah. <laughs> way off the screen, because that would have been just ridiculous. But yeah, it's a, it's a thumbs up. Sure, they gave up a whole lot, but we're really talking about just this team right now versus last year's. Yeah, a big, big time thumbs up. I think what's really important for everybody to recognize is they are – Last year, they weren't a real title contender. People wanted them to be because they got LeBron, but it just wasn't realistic. Even if people had stayed healthy, they weren't going to get there. They just, the young guys weren't ready for that. Now this year, this is a title contender because they've, they've, they're, they're just about there now, but there's going to be moved. This is not going to be the same team in, in, um, you know, middle of February after the trade deadline. They're going to make moves and that's, you know, really important. And I think too, LeBron and AD, and yeah, you sacrifice a lot in the future in terms of young talent and picks, but the cap sheet is is about as clean as it can be with two max guys um, sitting on it in LeBron and AD. So I think that's really important as well mm-hmm. that they'll be able to to do things uh, with that because you know even if next year all these guys pick up these player options, whatever, that's fine. It's you know this kind of you're kind of working in. I like to call them little windows now, little one to two year windows right. is what you're working in with, with these guys. So yeah. Yeah, th- thumbs up for sure. Absolutely, hundred percent. Thumbs right. up for the for the Lakers this year. Nice to say that. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I even said it too. I was I was nice. Uh, a shocker. So, so let's <laughs> let's uh let's move on to a team that's not a th- thumbs up. Yeah. But first. Let's tell everybody about Bet Online. Uh, football season is back, and now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make your bets on your favorite professional or college team. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bets, parlays, or tees your way through the entire season. Will Pat- Patrick Mahomes serve for 56 touchdowns? Yeah, maybe. That guy's ridiculous. Uh, can the Patriots go undefeated? We're recording this on Friday morning. They No, they're not. I'm, right? I got a Patriots shirt on right now. They they're, just beat um, the Giants. Come on. 
they beat the Giants, but I mean, <laughs> God, every week they lose two more guys to injury, so that's not going to happen. So bet bet no on that. If that's I don't know what the odds are, but bet the no odds. Uh, bet on all this with the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today. Use promo code. This is the important part. Promo code CLNS. 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's going to get you that 50% welcome bonus. CLNS 50. Get into all the action today with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So if you're going to make a bet, uh, I'll just say bet the under on this next team. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Washington Wizards, these are the guys where we're getting into now. In I don't even Eastern know what Con- the over-under is, and I'm going to say under. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'll, I'll wait. I'll save it. But yeah, you're going to say under for yeah. sure. Uh, so let's talk about the the, the new guys and i know you know a couple of these guys because they got in uh mm-hmm. help out a little bit they helped the lakers clear clear the cap space to do do some of their stuff sorry i'm scrolling to their page in my salary sheets so i'm obviously very well prepared on this friday uh noontime recording podcast um so here yeah here's here it is davis bertans comes in from the san antonio spurs uh isaac bonga uh, from the Lakers, they they got him and uh, Mo Wagner in the same trade there. They also um, drafted Rui Hachimura, um, the 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 pride of uh, of um, of uh, uh, Japan. Um, so that's you know he he's there. I'm sorry, Jamario Jones was also part of that uh, <laughs> trade there to clear the space for AD. And then a couple of point guards came in, Ish Smith and Isaiah Thomas, uh, coming in. They're both already hurt because this entire roster is hurt. So th- it's it's and then a whole bunch of other guys who are going to be fighting to make make this team, including a couple point guard options, Phil Booth, Chris Chioza, Justin Robinson. Those names probably don't mean a whole lot to a lot of people, but there's a good chance they're going to be rotation players on opening night and then cj miles um came over for dwight howard as they 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 swapped out a couple contracts there and then john wall still there but out likely for the entire season um you know what though good to see him up and around at these wnba games right these finals it looks like he's moving well i mean i'm not not a doctor i only play one on here and on twitter um with that so you know and then uh yeah so 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 we'll see you know what it all looks like i i I like some of these guys coming in, but it's just it, this team's a mess. It's it's just it's Bradley Beal who's still there, and not a whole heck of a lot else. But what's funny is I'm going to say that and say I am so much more interested in watching these guys than I have been the last couple of seasons because I, I'm more curious about these younger guys than just watching a team that I knew was at best going to be around a 500 team. Yeah, I mean it, maybe it's the Lakers connection here, but they're a team to tune in to check out. Um, they're Look, it, it is a mess, like you said. There's, you know, the John Wall injury really, really hurt them, and then from there, yeah. they they just don't have a very solid roster around them. But they do have some young players that are interesting. Uh, as much as it stings Lakers fans, right? Thomas Bryant now is starting. The Lakers had a pick basically last summer between Thomas Bryant and Ivica Zubats. They picked Ivica Zubats, then traded him part of the way through the season. Now both Ivica Zubats and Thomas Bryant are starting for other teams in the <laughs> yeah. NBA. But but Thomas Bryant can be a lot of fun to watch. He's a big, so he can step out and shoot threes. Um, yeah, and that, that's that. Sorry to interrupt you, but no really starting to add range to his game too. And he's you know, one of the best scorers inside. Still a relative turnstile on defense, yeah. which is you know is what it is. But, but yeah. It's a lot better than people think. I saw a lot of people saying they gave him eight million dollars a season. Yeah, that's 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 fine. He is well worth eight million dollars a year. Absolutely, absolutely. He did did well. Uh, Hachimura. I think we saw some good things out of him in summer league. I think that he's a an interesting pick for them. So a guy that they can build upon moving forward. I don't think he helps them a ton this year, but again, gives you hope for the future. He's big, man. He looks. He is more physical than I expected to see. Yeah. Out of him, he's a he's really really strong in there. Um, so again, they've, they've got pieces. Mo Wagner is a guy that I, I liked a lot. I think that he can play in this league. Maybe you wind up eventually using him as a small ball five off the bench or something like that. A lot of GMs are still high on Isaac Bonga, uh, because he's got so much versatility, but he's very much a work in progress. It's going to take him a while to get accustomed to the NBA game. So like we said, they've got, they're in an interesting spot because they've got a really, really, really good player in Bradley Beal that a lot of teams are going to want and then not much else. So you have to wonder if at some point they make that move and go full rebuild and, and go ahead and send Bradley Beal out. Although up to this point, they've resisted doing that. They've resisted it. He 
it's not asking for it. I don't right. think he's ever going to ask no. for it. I don't think he's wired that way. But I think think for the best for them would be to to send Bradley Beal out. It just it just it doesn't there there just isn't um yeah. it, it's not you're not going anywhere. No. You'll go send Bradley Beal out, get back even more young talent, get a bunch of picks. You're gonna have to work around the wall contract, unfortunately. Let's hope he gets back, but I mean, at his age, the two injuries, the knee, then the torn Achilles on top yeah. of that, that's just you're really hard. And, and he's just now starting that new contract, $38 million this year, 41 Brutal. next, 44 the year after, 47 player option. That's that's tough. That's that's not that's going to be hard to work around. But that's it. A lot of the other questionable or bad stuff comes off the books. Jan Mahinmi kind of comes comes off, mm-hmm. and, you know, after this season. So you know, there normally this would be where we hey, let's talk about the starters on the rotation. This it's such a mess. Everybody's that hurt. Is. It's impossible to even do that. It's going to be Bradley Beal and a bunch of dudes. Like there's really, really you know, Bradley Beal. <laughs> that sounds like a band name. A Right, yeah. Bradley Beal yeah. and the dudes. <laughs> right, it's gonna it's gonna be my my guess is at best it's it's Bryant Bertans Beal, whoever is healthy at point guard and Bonga. I think it's gonna be a lot of bees in there. You know, a whole, whole bunch of bees. Yeah, the they call bees. Them the, yeah, they call them the killer bees or the something. Killer bees. Um, there, but yeah, it's just you know, it's it's just a it's just tough. You know, they're they're going through stuff. And as Wizards fans will tell you, this happens every year to this team. Yeah. In, in, training camp they lose you know two two three guys to to injury in the in the like and you know it's gonna gonna be really hard on them to to you know figure this out but again a lot of young guys give give these young guys an opportunity i'm excited when he's healthy to see troy brown i think he can Mm -hmm. do some stuff that's fun i think you know you said uh mo Mo wagner i think yeah stretch five or the backup to bertans at the four maybe that's hachimura hachimura maybe plays a little out of position for the um for the next uh, uh, couple of um, couple of you know, or for the next year or so, maybe plays a lot more small forward than he yeah. might have otherwise, and that's that's fine because it's not like you're winning those games anyway. So it's really it's about watching the kids, and then it does eventually does a Beal trade um, materialize. So let's let's jump into their over under because we don't need to spend a whole heck no. of a lot more time guessing because because we, we just don't know. So last year, thirty two wins, shut it down at the end of the year, like a lot of these other teams yep. did. Over under this year twenty six point five. Under. I know. I said it to start off, but look, they're in the East. That gives them a puncher's chance. They've got Bradley Beal, but there's so many injuries already. The lineup is such a is such a mess. There's going to be some random nights where they catch teams, but I I just I don't think I see twenty six twenty seven wins out of this team. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I'm taking the way under. I think they're they'll be lucky to win 20 games. Yeah, I think this team has complete disaster potential, and if they trade Beal at some point oh, in the year, that's going to even tank is on. Yeah, yeah, they they, they might be a 15 win team. Yep. Um, the the uh, you know, gosh, this one stuff for giving them thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> on the off season. It's yo, I'm gonna go thumbs down only because they didn't trade Beal. And they, they, there's no plans to do so yet. And I think now is the time get that done. I reverse, I will reverse course on that if they get a monster package mm-hmm. from one of these contenders that just needs to fill fill it out with, with stuff. Maybe then, but but yeah, right now because you haven't done it yet, I'm gonna give them a thumbs down. Well, I get it to some degree because it's not like Beal is 31, 32, where by the time you rebuild your team, he's he's gone. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's 26, and so if you're going to rebuild a team, having a piece like Beal already in place, that's usually the hard part is getting yeah. that guy, and they've already got that guy. So I understand, but how long is he going to be willing to wait? I guess that's the that's the big question here. But I I agree. I'm going to go thumbs down, but I can't like it's they gave John Wall that contract. And even when they gave it to him, everybody went, ooh, I don't know about that. And then he got hurt. But they weren't anticipating that Wall was going to – you can't go into it going, oh, this guy's going to tear his Achilles. Like you don't know that's going to happen. So it's thumbs down, but I can't really say like it's it's all their fault. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, I think it is – yeah, it's it's a thumbs down, and you know, we'll we'll see where where it all goes from here. It's uh, – you know, the good news is – Tommy Shepard seems like he's got a plan for mm. trying to get this thing on track. 
They have a track record of giving their front office plenty of time to figure stuff out because the last thing you want to do is put them under pressure of this needs to be turned around in a year or two. And, hey, the Washington Mystics are the WNBA champions. Right. So live off that for a little while. The Nationals, sorry, are, uh, you know, they, they are moving on as well. So, you know, we won't talk about the Redskins. They're absolutely horrible. Yeah, so. yeah, at least we've got that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Dodgers are uh, still still a fresh wound. That's for sure. Yeah, sorry, man. I, yeah. I, I should have been kinder <laughs> to you on that one. Um, all right, San Antonio, Davis Bertans, um, old team. Let's get into Let's to the Spurs. It. Let's start with um, a very weird situation that happened to them in the offseason, which cost them Bertans. So they had everything lined up to sign Marcus Morris as well as Damari Carroll. The, the original Spurs plan was to use their entirety of their mid-level exception on Morris, and then they were gonna they traded Bertans to create a trade exception that they were gonna use to bring in Carroll into that trade exception. Mm-hmm. That that was their plan. They were gonna work a sign and trade with the with the Brooklyn Nets and really fill out what I thought was gonna be pretty good for them. I thought you know between Carroll and Morris and uh, Rudy Gay, you've got really good three four options there. You know, your forward spots, you're, you're going to be in really good shape going forward. Well, Morris decided to take considerably more money from the New York Knicks. That is a situation where you full on, I don't care what anybody says, you traded, you, you, you grabbed the bag, as the kids say. Absolutely. And, uh, and versus prioritizing winning. Because even if the Spurs aren't the Spurs, they're better than the Knicks. So, you know, and then Carroll comes in. So it cost them Bertans. They still followed through on that deal with Washington. They, they didn't try to pull pull anything back on that. And, and now, now it's done. So new guys in, in here. It's really Carroll and Trey Lyles. Those are only two guys that might have an impact this year because the others are rookies, Keldon Johnson and Lucas Amanich. And they're, those two guys probably aren't going to – do much i'd be surprised if we even see them play meaningful minutes for the spurs team otherwise and they and like i said they re-signed rudy gay otherwise it's all the guys you know it's Marcus aldridge demar Derozan, yep. um uh, murray is back from from injury Derek white who really was you know one of the more improved players in the entire nba patty mills yaka Pertle. it's the same spurs you you know know and love and you know, are bored to tears by at times, it feels like, <laughs> uh, for most of the NBA. But, you know, it's the Spurs. They're, they're going to, you know, do what they do. I'm going to say this right now before we even get into anything else. I picked them to miss the playoffs last year. I will not be doing that again. <laughs> I will be now a year too late on San Antonio than that idiot who picked them too early. They find a way. The Spurs will not die, right? The, the nope. Spurs are, are are somehow, they are immortal. They are the, I don't want to say the cockroaches of the NBA because they, <laughs> they survive everything. I don't mean that in a negative, that sounds bad, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, they find ways. There, there's a nuclear explosion across the NBA and the Spurs will still be there standing somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. There's a reason Bleacher Report's Game of Zones made them the White Walkers, right? Because yeah. <laughs> they're just there. They're just there, and they keep coming. They they really do. And you know, looking at this team, you know, they're, so they're getting Lonnie Walker back. They're getting um, Dejounte Murray back. So interesting to see what those guys can do. Derek White is a guy who I like a lot. They've been using him off the bench so far in preseason, but that's a guy that I think can was a, a great pickup for them uh, in the draft a couple seasons ago. They've got some pieces here, and yeah, you're still you're still built around Lamarcus Aldridge. You're still built around Demar Derozan. But what I like is they've got they've already kind of got the next generation of Spurs players in there, and they're they're kind of ready to to take over once Derozan and uh, and Aldridge start to kind of phase out a little bit. Um, not that they're at that point at all either, but. Uh, but you've got some nice young pieces too. This is a nice combination of veteran talent and some interesting young pieces here for the Spurs. And I think, as always, they're going to be a tough team. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, you know, they're going to – and I think it really helps them at this point that they play very differently than most other NBA teams mm-hmm. because in the regular season, you don't game plan for opponents like you do in the playoffs. You right. just There's just not time to do that. So if you're used to playing all these teams that play five out and they shoot a ton of three-pointers and, you know, that, that's how they play it. And then here come the Spurs, you know, who really want to get to those mid-range shots and and take those. That, that really helps them because you know you can't set up your defense to to take that 
that away. You, you've you've spent, you know, let, let's say you play this first three, four times a year. You spent 70 plus games angling towards making teams take the exact shot the Spurs want to take, live off of and thrive off of. And then I think, though, in addition, having Murray back, White taking a step forward, you're going to see them be able to make a lot more plays off the bounce, getting to the rim, you know, doing things like that, which then only opens things up even more there. You know, and is Demari Carroll maybe the perfect Spur? Like just, I was just going to say that. I'm looking up stats right? on Demari Carroll right now. He's the most Spurs player ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's just hard nosed defender, yep. makes his makes shots, does you know what he does. He's you know reliable. You can count on him for yep. you know to for you know anywhere from twenty five to thirty minutes a night if you need. Be they they're they they kind of pioneered. I know everybody gets you know upset with all the load management stuff, but this is the team that kind of pioneered this technique for years and mm-hmm. years, long before it was a thing. They were you know actively resting guys and making sure guys were healthy. So you know they're they're gonna do what they do and you know, they're, they're probably going to end up back in the playoffs again. And then I think in the playoffs, this is why I think we've seen them wash out a little earlier than maybe expected uh, last season. Um, maybe even maybe, well, the year before they, they made a little bit of a run, but, but I think they wash out because then that mid range game, now you can game plan for it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a little bit easier to get there. Now they almost knocked the nuggets off though. So it's again, if you're that, one, two, or three seed, and the Spurs are in that six, seven, eight line. You just don't want to see it because you know you're going to have to work for six or seven games to get the series win. But I just that's where I think it buries them a little. They just don't have enough to to get through anymore now with DeRozan and Aldridge being the main you know weapons. They're very good, but I think in the playoffs it's just too much of a struggle. Yeah, agreed. I don't think they're a legit contender, but I think they're the type of team that can give anyone a problem on any given night. That's that's kind of where they're at. They're one of those middle of the pack teams. They're not gonna tank things out or anything like that. They're they're good. They're not great. But they're gonna be a tough matchup for uh for anybody out there. And uh you know they're also gonna be they're one of the frustrating teams to play against. And part of that is, you know, you mentioned the, the mid-range game, but also Damari Carroll is one of my most frustrating players to see my team play against. <laughs> he is so good at this one particular thing that he does. Anytime your big grabs a rebound, Damari Carroll sneaks up behind them. He is it's, the sneakiest player ever. Yep. And he finds ways to poke the ball free just when the big turns to look down the floor. He does it almost every possession and, uh, it'll drive you crazy. So, but he's really, really good at it. And it's just a very Spursy player for them to add. It's funny. Him, him and the guy on your team, Rondo, that's like Rondo's yep, thing. Too. That's Rondo. He's always been very, very good at that. Yeah. It really is funny to, to think that. Yeah. He, he's just, yeah, he's perfect for this team. Just, just fits absolutely perfectly yep. in there. You know, they're just, you know, yeah, you're not going to be on a Tuesday night. Like, Oh, yay. The Spurs are playing, you know, and Lee Pass can't wait to tune in and watch it. But you're going to watch them when they play your team. Yep. And then you're going to be like, man, these guys are good. Yep. Like they just, just do what they do every single year and they're good. And that's, that, that's, that's really tough. And now I do think they're last year it started. They lost a couple of games that they might not have lost otherwise mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And I think, you know, they, they don't maybe have the, the high-end depth that they used to have. But a lot of that depends on if the young kids can step forward and, and you know, continue to improve, especially those young guards, Murray, White, Walker, yeah. um, you know, th- those kind of guys. It's going to gonna really be dependent on those guys stepping forward. All right, you want to do their, uh, their, their over-under? Yeah, let's do it. 48 wins last year, over-under this year, 45.5. Um... 45.5 for the, for the Spurs. I see them as a playoff team, and I think in the West, it's going to be very tightly bunched for the playoffs between that 45 to 53 win range for a lot of teams. Uh, maybe the top team in the West will wind up more, you know, 55, 56 wins just because there's so much parity in the Western Conference. So I'm going to go slightly over because I do have them as a playoff team, and I think that 45 wins is going to be right about what you need to get in order to get into the playoffs. So I'll go over, but it, it's just going to be just barely. See, I'm going to go slightly under, but okay. say they're still a playoff team because I think the West, it's just it's too damn deep yeah. this year. There is you could tell me any one of 13 teams. I'm taking Phoenix and Memphis out. The other 13 teams in the West, you could tell me they make the playoffs and I'm not going to be surprised. Absolutely. And because of that, I think you're going to. So what I have right now today, I'm still tweaking this and working on it. I don't have any teams in the West winning 60 games this year. Just I think it's too deep, too hard. No one's going to run away with it. The way teams prioritize a little management. I have the first place team with 56 wins and I have the 13th place team with 36. 
So that's okay. only a 21 spread between 1 to 13. That's not a lot. So I've so. got the Spurs just under, but I do have them still getting into the playoffs. I, for for you know posterity's sake, and I'm not really spoiling anything here, I have the Lakers taking the place of the Thunder, mm-hmm. and that's it. I have all yeah. the other seven teams as the same teams in the playoffs. I know that's tough for Dallas, New Orleans, Sacramento, Minnesota. <laughs> like All those teams are still, right. still you know, decent teams are going to be fighting for it. And I think, you know, I, I also, I don't buy that the West is as bad as people have made it out to be either. I think the West might be a little bit better than there. I'm sorry. The East is yeah. a little bit better than uh, what some, some folks are saying. So, so I've got them slightly under, but still a playoff team. Don't come after me Spurs fans like you did last <laughs> year. I'm not, not making that mistake again. Now, now if you believe 43 is not enough to get to the playoffs, all right, I, I, I get you. Maybe you might be right. Fair enough. So, all right. Oh, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on the off season. I'm going to give them just an even yeah. on this. And it's, it's, it had they, they, they been able to get the Marcus Morris deal worked out. I would have given them a slight thumbs up because I think he would have really been a nice addition for them. So it's an even because I think, I don't think they got any worse. I don't know that they got any meaningful better. Um, with this offseason, and Carroll's different from Bertans, but I think you're you're just kind of moving moving pieces around and changing strengths to weaknesses, weaknesses to strengths. With with that, yeah, kind of swap there because that's really all they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go thumbs up just because you've got some guys healthy coming back, or at least hopefully healthy, and then you've got. Uh, I do like the the Demari Carroll edition. I think that he's going to be a real nice fit for them. So again, it's not like it's a home run or anything like that. It's not you know a clear thumbs up, but I I think as the I think as far as the Spurs go and knowing what they've done, they usually are more conservative in free agency and in in trade talks and all that kind of stuff. I think it was a positive offseason for them. Yeah, and they won't change in season other than maybe somebody on the buyout market because yeah. this team does not make in-season trades. They they just do not do that. So, all right, you ready to spin the wheel? Let's do see it. see who is next. All right, so let's see here. All right, first two teams. So it's going to be next week will be two or next show. We don't know if it will be a whole week because we got to get down to it. We're down to nine teams left. We're That's almost right. there. Um, so three teams per show. The first two, the Eastern Conference team, the Atlanta Hawks. The fun Western one. Conference team, the Denver Nuggets. Nice. So two, two, two fun teams, and then we got to get another East team. So let's see here, the Charlotte Hornets. So all right, two, two fun ones. Okay, in, and the in, one in the, in the uh, Hornets. <laughs> two fun ones in the Hornets. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll we'll slip the Hornets right into the middle, and we'll give them kind of the Wizards treatment, and that's where we'll make up ground in the show as we go and. Uh, <laughs> get things moving so um once again thank you to everyone for for listening and tuning in thank you for the ratings and reviews on itunes last i checked we had picked up a handful more ratings again really really important um to to us that's how a lot of people find the show um you know if you like the show tell a friend that that is helpful too but then go go on and uh rate and review because that that'll be really helpful and i'm just looking now and yeah, yeah we picked up a handful more ratings yes and subscribe too please thank you so much for throwing that in there um other than that like I said, well, we'll be back to you in uh, at some point. We, we don't know that it'll be a whole week because we got we got to get three more of these preview shows through, right. um, and then, then then we'll be there. We are less than two weeks out from opening night. Cannot wait. So excited uh, for the season to get here. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, you can find my real work at Yahoo Sports Real GM, as well as Celtics specific coverage at Celtics Blog over on SB Nation. And when you're doing that, take take a minute to go check out um, our our partners over at CLNS Media, all sorts of podcasts. They, they, it feels like they launch a new one every week, They've got um, which is which which is you know pretty pretty cool. So mm-hmm. in all the sports, they've got all the sports covered too. Um, you know that, that you could want over there as well as BetOnline.ag. You'll go over and check them out. And then because they're, they're a big supporter and allow us to do this, Lakers Nation, go check them out. Well, full full force coverage as the team wraps up their trip to China. Trevor, I'm sure you've got some stuff going on with that. I think you just did you know pre pre game preview celebrity where. They can find you and your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You can find my work at LakersNation.com, also on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to the Lakers Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, yeah, so finishing up in China. One more game at 4.30 a.m. for me tomorrow morning, and then uh, then we'll be back to a more regular schedule. 
And what's crazy is I was like kind of excited because I'm like, oh, cool. I can see this game. Uh, that'll be fun. This will be a good time to 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 see this game. And then my daughter has a soccer tournament, so I will not I, be tuning in. I'll, I'll miss the whole thing. But, you know, hey, okay. well, what are you going to do? That, that'll that be fun, too. It's, quite frankly, I'd much rather watch her play soccer than NBA preseason, especially a game where I think both teams are kind of like, let's get out of here. Yes. No more running to the plane. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, hey, I just want to say one quick thing as we wrap up the show because um, it has a crossover with the Lakers stuff um we're not going to talk about the china stuff because it's not there's just not a lot of reason there's you know what's been said has been said but the one thing i do want to say is the folks who are criticizing lebron james because he speaks out on everything else why is he not speaking out on this he is in china it's it would be completely risky dangerous whatever you want to call it for him to do that yeah and that's not saying that chinese people are dangerous or anything but when you travel overseas yeah, as I have done, as you know, I know you know you've done some of it as well. Mm-hmm. There is a you 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 have to live under their rules and their laws. You can't go in there shooting off your mouth. That's what gets us in trouble. That's why the term "ugly American" exists because we tend to think, well, it's it should be like it is in America. It isn't. So I have no issue at all with LeBron James not speaking up and saying his piece while he's in China. If they get back, hopefully everything will kind of calm down. I think all sides are hopeful. This is just going to calm down and kind of go away and we could get back to business as usual with that. But, you know, it's just, you know, I don't want to discuss the politics of it because as, as I put on Twitter the other day, there's a line in the musical Hamilton where there, there's a line where they say, can we get back to politics, please? Substitute politics for basketball. That's all I want to talk about. We're almost there. <laughs> Sounds but like I a plan to me. That no, that's a, that's a know, great point. Yeah. You, I mean, look, we saw what happened with, uh, Leangelo ball going <laughs> right in yeah. and him getting stuck there. So yeah, definitely yeah. the, the players just want to play the game, get out, get back to the United States, and then we'll yep. deal with things from there. Yep. That's it. And we'll see where it goes. So, you know, and if obviously if there's some major groundbreaking thing, I wrote about what the potential cap increase or mm-hmm. uh, cap implications could be over at Yahoo. You can go find that if you want. If there's something major, we'll, we will cover from that standpoint. But as of right now, not, nothing to add to that situation. Get everybody back home safe and sound. And then we'll, we'll talk about, continue to talk about basketball on this show. Other than that, we'll catch you next time. See ya.